reading from the Gospel according to Mark, the fourth chapter, beginning with the 26th verse. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day. The seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which when sown upon the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we've done three Sundays worth of call stories. We heard Isaiah's call story. We heard Samuel's call story. We heard Jeremiah's call story. In all those instances, what we noted is that none of them were perfect, but God called. We saw where one of them wanted to lift up what he wasn't as a reason that God couldn't use him or some fault in himself as a reason that God couldn't use him. I'm too young, he cried. And God said, don't say I am too young. And we heard God say to us, don't say that you can't be used by me. Three Sundays of call stories and we might wonder, so now what? Maybe in those three times of hearing that, you thought, well, maybe God is calling me to God's self. Maybe that is why I show up on church, to church on Sunday. Maybe that's why I love to come worship. Maybe that's what I do, what I do at the church. Maybe that's who I, why I'm who I am during the week. Maybe that's why I want to go to Salkahatchee. Maybe that's why I come to the VIP dinner. Maybe that's why I come to Bible study. Maybe that's why I get up in the morning and read my Bible. Whatever your life in Christ looks like, it must have a greater end than just yourself. Because the other thing we can notice in those three stories is all three of those persons, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Samuel, were called for the benefit of others. And not just themselves. Not just themselves. So now what? If we would give in to the thought that maybe God is calling us to some higher purpose, some greater good together, because that's the other thing God does is call communities of people. And God has called a community of people called Adna. So now what? What are we to do? Some people might say we're to be the kingdom. I stopped caring about kings in 1776. That's a joke. That's funny, right? No? Come on. 
We don't know much about kings today. We live in a republic. We don't really understand what it means to have our life or death fall on the will of another person. But we know what it means for someone to rule over us. We know what it means for somebody to dictate how we would live. We know what it means for the reign of another person to come. Because in some ways we've all had a father or a guardian or another person who set boundaries for us and taught us what it looks like to be someone. And so when Jesus is reaching for a way to teach His disciples and the people who are gathered around Him what it looks like to be the kingdom of God, what it looks like to follow His call, because remember, Jesus has called all of these people. That's why they're following Him. They're just like us. They've been called to a place by the Spirit of God to follow after Jesus. And they might be wondering, now what? What does this kingdom He keeps talking about look like? Some people, some theologians would say that it's completely other than everything else in the world. That whatever the world values first, God values something different. But every once in a while, the world values love over everything else, right? Like one in every 1,000 chances it gets, the world picks love. Something like that. But in the church, we know that things can be different, don't we? Have we not had someone show us what the kingdom looks like when he crawled upon a cross? And was hung for us. Does it not look like love? Does it not look like invasive love? Does it not look like love that goes where it's not welcome? He came to those who were His own and His own would not receive Him, the Bible says. He came teaching them to love one another and they crucified Him for it. The kingdom of God is invasive. It brings love into places where frankly love is not welcome. It brings love into places where we've been tricked into believing that we don't have to be loving if it brings us security, if it brings us wealth, if it brings us personal fulfillment, then we can park love on the back porch. But the gospel would tell us different because Christ comes to show us love, to set the captives free, to give sight to the blind, to heal those who are suffering, to visit the sick and the infirm, to love the weak. And it doesn't look like the things that the world has always affirmed. It doesn't look like what we call strength. It's invasive. It's like a mustard seed. If you had been out hoeing your garden all day long and you saw mustard seeds show up, you would not be happy about that. It'd be like that time when I had planted a garden and it was hot. You know, I'd been working out there weeding it. And my beautiful wife came in the house and told me she had just planted a bunch of zinnias in my garden for me. Or marigolds. I don't remember which it was. I pulled them things all summer, Clyde. What? They was in my, in my tomato plants. If you've ever planted a garden, you know what it is to see the weeds come up. And you know that if you go away for vacation for a week, it's going to be awful, isn't it? That's the imagery that Jesus was using. We know what that looks like. We know what it's like to have a planter out on the porch and a bird comes by, flies by, sits on that little metal thing you got in there and plants a corn stalk in it, right? They poop in it. Y'all with me? Got some naturalists in the congregation today. 
That's the way the kingdom of God works. It goes where it's not wanted and it carries always brings with it love, the pursuit of justice, the pursuit of true happiness, which is rest in Christ. And it brings that in ways that the world isn't expecting, like when people go out of their way to help a little boy named Blake. When all of a sudden the church gets a chance to flex its muscle and show its love, and look how wonderfully you did that. That's the way the kingdom moves in people's lives. Unexpected ways that plant seeds of new growth, because that's what mustard seed does. It sprouts and it just grows here and there and here and there until all of a sudden it's everywhere. And the funny thing is, is right there together, Jesus uses this other parable and talks about a guy that plants his garden and he goes inside and he sleeps and day and night and he gets up and all of a sudden he's got plants. He's not out struggling every day to find a way to be that. He's just being who he is. He's being the farmer. The plants do what the plants do. The kingdom does what the kingdom does, which is spread. I'm reminded of Jesus' words when he said, I will build my kingdom and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell would lock us away from loving people because they're not like us. The gates of hell would separate us from people in need. The gates of hell would make us concerned with ourselves first and always putting ourselves first and making sure we got what we need first before we turn an eye to our neighbor. But Jesus said that those gates will not prevail against His kingdom. A kingdom of love, of joy, and of peace. And that kingdom is going to grow and grow and grow and grow. And of the rule of Christ, there will be no end. So now what? What for us who are called to be that kingdom? What should we be doing? Because that's always the thing we ask. What do I do now, preacher? Rest in Christ. Rest in Christ. Rest in the one who has called you, the one who is teaching you, the one who is loving you. Rest in his presence and know that that seed, that invasive seed of love is planted in you and it will grow. And it will spread from you into others. And it will continue to spread and spread and spread and spread because that's what it does. How many of you have seen more than four college football games? Anybody? If you have seen more than four college football games, you have seen a pre-game interview with a college football player or a coach. And the reporter has asked that football player or that coach, what are you going to do today to win the game? And what do they always say? We're going to do what we do. We're going to do what we do. That's our now what? Be the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the world. Don't live according to the values of the world. Don't live according to the me first idea that just plagues us as a nation. But live according to the Christ first rule. To love God and then love your neighbor with your whole self. To give yourself up the way He gave Himself up for you. Because that's how the kingdom spreads. 
well-meaning people all the time go out and scare people by asking, you know, do you know if you die tonight if you're going to go to heaven or hell? I seriously doubt very many people have been scared into lifelong relationships with Jesus over that question. But I can tell you that people have been brought into life-changing, lifelong relationships with Jesus by people who simply were the kingdom. People who loved. People who were filled with joy. People who were filled with peace and knew why they were filled with peace. And they could tell that person who said to them, how can you be so happy in a time like this? And they would say, because of Jesus. How can you be at peace right now? How can you do that for somebody else when you're struggling yourself? How can your church raise that much money and just give it away? How can your people do that? How can you do this for somebody else that you don't even know? In 2013, we had a Bible study on the gospel according to Luke. And somebody said, we could do something like this. What could we do? And the idea came from that to raise blankets. Y'all remember when we brought all the blankets and gave them away in the Family Life Center parking lot? The last person that stopped to get a blanket was astounded that we were giving away blankets in the parking lot. He couldn't believe that people he didn't know could care about him. He honestly couldn't believe it. And he looked at me and said, why are y'all doing this? And I was surprised by the answer that came out of my mouth when I said, because it's who we are. It's who we are. And a seed was planted in him. And my prayer is that that seed has grown. But we might not get to see it because we're like a farmer who goes in and sleeps and day and night and comes out one day and sees that he has plants. We rest in Christ. We do what we do. We be who we are. We be a people of love who love God and love our neighbor. We be a people who attract people because of that. We be a people who serve people because of that. We be a people who love others because of that. Who love the unlovable and serve those that everybody else would refuse to lift a finger for. That's our now what? We be the people of God in the world. Love God and love our neighbor above all else. When Jesus said the kingdom is like a mustard seed that's the smallest of all seeds, there was actually one smaller there at the time. And it wasn't really the biggest of shrubs. He was being funny. Because he wanted them to know that the kingdom, they wanted to hear it's like the cedars of Lebanon. They wanted to hear it's some big, gigantic, robust thing. But he said, no, the kingdom's like an invasive weed that takes over whether you want it to or not. Do you hear me, church? You are an invasive weed meant to take over the world by showing it God's love and mercy and justice. By being God's love and mercy and justice in the world. So you've been called to follow Christ. Now what? Go be a weed.
Go be a weed. An obnoxious, annoying, loving weed. Don't let people sucker you into being mean or envious or spiteful. Don't let people draw you into letting go of God's love in your life. But be an invasive weed. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.